Welcome to She Speaks Love, Women of the Bible series. We're so excited to share these incredible women of the Bible and highlight their personal story and their legacy. These podcasts will encourage, inspire, and share wisdom from God's Word as it relates to women in our unique circumstances. Let's get into their phenomenal story and the power of their voice. Today's woman of the Bible is Jacobed, presented by Queen Veronica. Um, and tonight I have the honor of presenting the woman of the Bible, which uh, is Jacobed, the mother of Moses. She is in uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 2. Verse 10. However, her name is not mentioned until the book of Numbers in verse, uh, chapter 26, verse 59. Just rolling off of um, Victoria with the what my name means, Jacob's name means honor of God or glory of God. God of glory. Sorry. But she was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam the mother of three rock stars in the Bible. This alone leads me to believe that God chose her and trusted her with greatness. Think about it. Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and received the Torah at Mount Sinai. Aaron was the high priest and the father of the Kuhanans. And the Kuhanans were the high priests who had the highest uh, rights, I guess, the highest rights in the synagogue. And Marion, as a small child, helped her mother save babies, birth babies. She was a baby midwife. She actually helped her mom, Jacobette, um, deliver babies as a small child. She later on was very integral, uh, played an intricate role in the actual journey. Uh, in the desert. She was a prophetess, prophetess. And Miriam is something I hope some is a woman that I hope someone is doing because her story, I got all off track when I read that she, it says, whose merit the children of Israel had water during the 40 years wandering in the desert. And man, that I'm like, what do you mean? And so I just kind of looked it up a little bit, and it's, it was something about the water followed her, and when she died, the water stopped. Jacobin was the daughter of Levi, Jacob's son. Jacob, who was later called uh, or renamed Israel. And I thought that was even interesting, even though we're not doing the end of the Bible. But Israel actually means wrestled with God. And I wanted to know why would you name somebody that? Like, is that a good thing that you wrestle with God? But anyway, I got all off track on that and I came back. Jacobet was born at a time when Jacob and the entire household 
had just entered the gates of Egypt. The time is said to be set in the year 2238 after creation. Jacob was the youngest member of the 70 who made up Jacob's household. She was brought up by her father and her grandfather. For 17 years, she was together with her grandfather because Jacob died 17 years after coming into Egypt. Uh, Jacob, Jacobed later went on to marry Ethan's family dynamics, her nephew, <laughs> okay, who was one of her father's grandsons. Family dynamics back in the day. Okay. Another rabbit trail I went off on. Anyway, Jacobet was said to be a chief Jewish nurse in Egypt. She was a great lover of children and devoted all her time to helping young mothers and their newly born babies. Her daughter Miriam, then still a little girl, was her mother's helper, the baby midwife. Okay, the backdrop of this amazing story, for this backdrop, we go back to Genesis. Joseph, after encountering many difficulties in his life, ended up in Egypt, and after being in prison for years, found favor with Pharaoh. Joseph eventually moved his father, Jacob, and the whole clan to Egypt. We go on to learn that many good years in Egypt, that they had many good years in Egypt. Jacob dies, and Joseph dies. Now we move into the book of Exodus. And we learn that God's people, the children of Jacob, who we know as the children of Israel, had lived in Egypt for hundreds of years. And God was with his people in Egypt, made them strong and prosperous in accordance with his promise to Abraham, Genesis verse eight, 17, verse 8. They became influential people and multiplied. This is until dun, 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 the new king came, who did not know of Jacob. Side note, this is why we have to know our history and we have to keep telling our story. It just occurred to me like, well, they didn't, he didn't know because they didn't tell him. And they didn't tell him probably because they didn't know. Because after hundreds of years, just like us, we don't really know our heritage. We don't really know our family history. Um, so that's a side note. Um, this new pharaoh was paranoid as he looked over the land and saw the Hebrews for many and would soon outnumber the Egyptians. This is where things take a drastic turn. This new pharaoh, I'm sorry y'all, another side note. <laughs> pharaoh means big house. And I thought that was interesting because we call the big house the white house, right? Like the law came down from the big house, pharaoh. The law comes down from the white house. Okay, just me. Uh, <laughs> I'm cracking up. Sorry. Um, anyway, the NIV translation says this pharaoh, new pharaoh to whom Joseph meant nothing came into power in 
Egypt. This king was paranoid at the increased number of Israelites as God had truly kept his promise, making them fruit. The Bible says that the land was filled with them. This caused great concern for the new king who had visions of Israelites taking over the Egyptians. So this king made them slaves. He took away their privileges and they had to live for hundreds and hundreds of years in fear of this new king. He even devised the plan of genocide to kill all male newborns of the Hebrew women. Thank God for the midwives. They feared God more than the new Pharaoh. But the Pharaoh would call him, he'd call them in and say, what's up? <laughs> These babies still running around here. What's going on? And um, their names, it was two, Saffron and Pua. They were clever. I mean, had to be clever to fool the king because I would be afraid of King just, you know, I'm seeing, I'm still seeing the men off with their heads. But they had to be very clever to, to smooth this new pharaoh and all his paranoia. Um, so he fell for it for a little bit. And then his fear overtook him, and he decreed that all male boys be thrown into the river, into the Nile River. I got off my notes, so. Okay, now, Exodus chapter two, we learn of this family. A man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and had a son. Another side note. So many translations uh, put this text so differently. She saw there was something special about him in Vietnam. One translation says she saw that he was healthy. One says she saw he was beautiful. Another says not ordinary. But in all of those translations, I believe in her heart, she knew that God wanted to do something through this baby. She hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she got a little basket boat made of papas pop rust, waterproofed it with tar and pitch, and placed the child in it. Then she set it afloat in the reeds at the edge of the Nile. Can we stop there? Because I read that to you just like one of the translations did. Like, she had a baby. She was here for his life. She went and bought a basket. She fixed the basket up, put the baby in the basket, and sent them off. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It, it just got me. There was no feeling, no spirit. I mean, and this was in one of the translations. It's like you missed all the emotion. Can you imagine having a child in the time when this new big house man was killing off? babies of a certain class or a certain race, like just killing them. Living in a time when all male babies, there was a decree, there was a law, kill them. So can you just imagine the, the anxiousness and the 
the everything of every day of even being pregnant, let alone having the baby, just being pregnant and not knowing, you know, they didn't have those tests back. Is it a girl? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? Is it pink or is it blue? You know, they didn't have that. She had to wait until the baby was actually born uh, to know that it was a baby boy. But Jacobet knew God. Remember, the meaning of her name is honor of God. Still, I can only imagine the questions that enter her mind, wondering where was God in all of this? Wondering how long was this one last? Can you imagine trying to hide a newborn and keep them quiet while you have two other children? Jelaine, I know you can feel this. Having two other toddlers in the house, you trying to keep a newborn baby boy quiet for three whole months. But Jacobea was a woman of strong courage and of even stronger faith. She did it for three months. And the Bible says, but there came a day when she knew she couldn't hide it any longer. She had to let go. Have you ever been there, held on to something or someone till that day came and had to release it? Did you release it to God? Jacobah made a decision and she made a plan. Sometimes that's what we should. Yeah, we make a decision. You know, we don't, yeah, I'm going to do this. We don't make a plan. So, and the plan doesn't include God. I can only imagine through tears when she sat and prepared a basket. Like, you know, back then they didn't have light, so it was dark. She had to do it at nighttime. But sitting there in the dark with maybe a fire pit, mixing this tar or whatever they called it back then, and sealing this basket with which to place her baby in. How many agonizing nights it took her? Because I would just be sealing that thing and resealing it and resealing it and crying over it and sealing it some more. And all the while asking God, where are you? Um, because that's what we do. We ask God. When, when we don't feel him, where are you? Where are you, God? And my heart just like, I really cried in this. Because you just can't imagine putting a baby in a basket. But anyway, back to my notes. Exodus 2.3 says, but when she was no longer able to hide him, she took a papyrus basket for him and sealed it with bitmen and pitch. She put the child in it and sent it among the reeds along the edge of the Nile. Imagine the emotions, the feelings and thoughts she had as she placed her baby boy in the reeds near the river bank. Imagine being her as she left him alone in the water. Even though the Bible says Miriam, was standing by in the distance as she did it. It was her. It was the mother of the baby who really had to let go. It was Marion. She was, you know, younger. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll whatever. But can you imagine actually taking your hand off the desk and allowing it to float in the reeds by the river? She didn't just let go. 
She was a woman of faith and she let go and trusted God. I don't know, and I'm being very honest, I don't know. And I pray to God every day that I will have, and, and all of us would have that supernatural life faith. This woman of the Bible, life teaches us that there are times in our lives when we may not understand what God is doing or why he is allowing something to happen or not happen. When what is happening is so ridiculous, so unreal, so tragic, or just when God's timing is not your timing to trust God. There will be times when we have done all there is to do, said all there is to say. There is no more, nothing else, but to let go trust God. What happens to, what happens to you when you trust God? Well, in this case, Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket, and because she had the power as the daughter of Pharaoh to save him or have him killed, God, I believe God softened her heart. And some translations say that when she opened the basket, the baby cried. Did the baby cry just at that right moment when she opened the basket? Did the baby's eyes lock eyes with hers and she and her heart was melted by the cry of the baby? Did she take him up and cuddle him to soothe his cry? Whatever she felt for this baby, having the power knowing that she is the daughter of the man who ordered this baby dead or killed, that was only the love of God. And that's why I believe God softened her heart. Then Miriam steps forward and offers to find a Hebrew, a Hebrew woman, woman to nurse the boy. And that person just happened to be his mom, Jacobet. So Jacobet got to own, got her own baby back, at least for a while. Can you see the promises, the provision, the protection of God in this story? We sometimes discount the orchestration of God, how he weaves time and together for such a time as this moment to fulfill his will. I just recap really what happens in this scenario. Jacobite just happened to put Moses in the right spot on the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter just happened to see the basket. Moses just happened to cry at the right time. Miriam just happened to be near. Jacobite just happened to be available to nurse the baby boy. Pharaoh's daughter just happened to have enough influence to save baby Moses. Have you ever not moved when God said move or kept your mouth shut when he said just speak? Faith and trust in God is knowing that even when God seems silent, he is always working for our good. Faith and trust in God is knowing that God is always working behind the scenes of our lives. God's provincial care is just that. It's not faith. It's not love. It's just God. God trusted Jacobad to deliver Israel. It's like what Shalene was saying last week. This is in my own words about the big plan and the part that we have in it. 
God didn't trust her to go out there and, you know, fight the fight the Egyptians or lead the fight or gather them all up. She trusted him to have the baby for him. And her part was to take care of herself while she was pregnant, to hide him once he was born, and to trust him to put him in the river, knowing that God's plan is always That's that's a lot. Um, and it, it just really moved me when I think about this story. Um, because children are so precious and so dear and just cannot imagine letting them go. But you have to know that God's plan is bigger than your plan and that God can take care of anything that is. We cannot be so concerned of what others or even what God is doing that we miss our part in his plan. God trusts you to do your part. He is not always looking for you to carry the whole thing through. Crown check. When we carry the whole, or we try to carry the whole thing, I mean, it's got to get wobbly. It's got to get shaky. It's it's too much. You, you're running over here and you're running over there and you're trying to do this. You're trying to organize. Crown check. You can't. What was your part? What did God tell you to do? You can't do all of that in excellence. You can only do what he gave you to do. Anyway, I keep going off my notes. Um, Some of us have big egos and think we can do it all. We just have to have faith to do our part. God trusted the mother of an unborn baby to deliver Israel. But her part was to give birth to a beautiful baby boy in a time when boys were literally and lawfully ordered to be killed. It doesn't always sound or feel safe. She was to put him in a basket. <laughs> Who would have thought of that? I mean, really. I'm just put my baby in the basket and she had to have supernatural faith to put her baby in a basket, to even have the thought. I mean, like, where did the thought even come from? God had to give her the thought to do that, to make a basket or go buy a basket. Even, like, I I, I just, just, even just now, felt just a little nauseous seeing myself go into a store to buy a baby, a basket to put my baby, to put it down the river. Um, and then put it in the river and not know where it's going to end up, but knowing that it could end up in the, in the girl's view where her father has ordered this baby to be killed. Like, what do you think would have happened if she just would have wrapped up baby Moses and just went on and took him over there? Here? That wasn't God's plan. It wouldn't have worked. It would have been her plan, and I'm sure it would have failed. This was a close your eyes so you can see moment. You literally sometimes have to close your eyes 
to see all of God's glory. Remember, that's what Jacob, Jacobin's name, God is glory. And she saw God's glory. God is trustworthy and his promises never fail. He promised Abraham in Genesis 17, 8, that he would give him and his offspring the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. Y'all, these numbers, after 400 years in Egypt, the people of Israel journeyed 40 years through the desert before they reach the promised land. We don't want to wait one day, four days, let alone 400 years for the promise. We don't have time for God's shenanigans of going through deserts and valleys and journeys. And we just need to get there when we get there. But if we do it God's way, the right person catches the basket. The right person cuddles the baby and makes takes the baby as her own. The mom gets the baby back to nurse the baby. And the baby grows up to be the man that God intended him to be to fulfill his promise. Have we ever extended or prolonged our promise or our journey, complaining, being disobedient, speaking out of turn, saying the wrong things, just because we didn't understand what God was doing. We must have faith to see God's word. Thank you, guys. Queens, thank you so much for spending time listening to She Speaks Love podcast and being part of this amazing Sister Keeper community. Our heart is to bring you content that is educational, inspirational, relatable, and it encourages you to share the power of your voice. So you don't miss any of the conversations, we invite you to subscribe to She Speaks Love wherever you listen to podcasts. Please like, comment, and share. Follow us on our blog at shespeakslove.com. Links are in the show notes. To help support She Speaks, donate via our website as well as select She Speaks Incorporated as your favorite charity on smile.amazon at no extra cost to you. Links are in the show notes below.